you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, a shrink who expands your life, bringing you another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. I am so excited today to have a new friend of mine in studio, and I became acquainted with this man not too long ago, and I got to know you first through your book, Hmm. actually, but you were introduced through a common friend of ours, a two-time guest on this show, Mr. Kirk Weasler the dog poop man himself, and he hates it when I call him that. (laughs) He's the chief morale officer. Kirk introduced me to my guest today. His name is Brad Barton, and Brad has all kinds of stuff on his list of credentials. He's uh, everything from running to performing magic. In fact, uh, your current line of work, Brad, as I understand it, is that you are an inspirational speaker with the particular twist that you are also a magician. Well, I used to be anyway, and then my <laughs> son won a state championship. Now I'm just uh, Jacob's dad. Oh, yeah. Now people know you as Jacob's dad. That's right. <laughs> this, You know what? we got to talk about this for just a minute, Brad. My son, who's over at the controls right now, Adam, has become this, I, sometimes I refer to him as a running fool. Remember the movie Forrest Gump? You're a running fool. <laughs> running fool. I think we need a little more juice on that mic too, Adam. Adam's running the mics over here, and he ran in the state, the state of Utah, cross country finals last week. And someone in your family did the same thing, Jacob. That is right. Jacob and Adam are actually, even though they're in, in different. Um, what would you call it? The different state different divisions. divisions. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they're both juniors and both very good. Uh, two of the best runners in the state of Utah, actually. And my son just peaked at the right time. He had a great region meet, and then he went and shocked the state and and won the the cross country championship as a junior. He so, came in and he he dominated that three A division. Yes, he did. But he came in second overall. Yeah, second fastest uh, of actually, all the schools. Actually, the fastest junior ever to run that course in in the history of that course. So, um, Oh, is that right? Uh-huh. Wow. Fastest junior. And the, the really cool thing is Adam, a new friend of mine, my, Jacob is going to moving, their team is moving to 4A, so they get to go head-to-head next year. So they'll seniors. be head-to-head. So Brad and I are friends, but we're going to be a little bit competitive next year, I'm afraid. That's right. <laughs> oh, it's just fun. But cheering these boys on, that is so inspiring to me. And I know it is to you too. I talked to you a little bit after the race last week, and it's just it's amazing to watch these boys just rise to their potential and do things that they didn't know they could do before. Can I just put a just t- have a take right there? Um, yeah. Today I was speaking. I, I come from the youth speaking industry. I, I do lots of uh, of different kinds of industries now, but I still like to speak to youth. Today uh-huh. I spent the the afternoon at a middle school down in Nephi, Utah. Oh yeah, and um, and they they were doing a drug prevention week, and a bunch of just say no and don't do drugs on the walls and so forth. And my message to these guys were: go ahead and don't do drugs, but more important than that, do uh, do stuff. It's not about don't don't don't. It's about do and and uh-huh. and create and become instead of just and that's uh, uh, instead of just telling kids to don't be and don't do. Let's tell them. Let's get yourself off this stupid couch and go run. And that's something that my family has, has done. And uh, Jacob has been a running fool. A running fool. My wife and I met on the track team at Weber State years and years ago. I was a middle distance miler, two miler, and she was the uh-huh. 10,000 marathoner. So we've got mm-hmm. some, uh, some hybrids. And, uh, it's <laughs> yes, really, you do. It's really neat to see someone that, that took um, initiative and just went ahead and, and, did, and did something. And that, that has application to us big kids, too. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're, oh, we're continually trying to, to, to say, I don't like this about myself. 
and, and I wish I didn't have that habit. And, um, and so it's, it's about don't, don't, don't. Well, that's mm-hmm. pretty tough to, to try and get rid of something. It's much easier to do replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's replace the, the, whatever the negative habit is with a positive habit. And then you don't have to worry about that negative habit anymore. It just pushes it right out. That's right. There's no room for it anymore. You know, one of the powerful questions that I coach people on, and when I'm doing my counseling with people, they know what they want to get rid of in their life. And listeners, just think about what it is that you want to get rid of. There's probably half a dozen things on your list. I want to stop doing this or that or whatever. Well, if not this, then what? Exactly. See, that's the that's the whole point. We're conti- the the subconscious mind, according to the way I the research I've read, can't tell the difference between a, mm. a real and an imagined experience. It also doesn't deal well with negatives. So instead of uh, stop smoking, it, here's smoking. You know, I I don't want to to die at the end of the race. It's it, here's the die at the end of the race. And so let's replace mm-hmm. that with uh, uh for, let's go back to the running thing. Uh, for instance, uh-huh. I think there's some application there. Uh, Jacob asked me on a run about three weeks ago. He says, "How do you race? How do you, how do you what what can I do to to really race well? Because he's run with me a bunch of times. I can beat this kid, even though he's fitter than I am, just because he calls him my mental. Uh, he calls him my Jedi mind tricks. Yeah, and I just go, you know, because I've I've raced a lot and I know how to do it. And so mm-hmm. I, I've never really put much thought to it. What we did, what we came up with is three words that he was racing with. Now, once again, most of you are not not runners, but I think there's no. some application here. Hey, that's just the context that we're gonna we're gonna capture a principle that's behind the the actual application, and we're just using running as the context. Exactly. So I, I asked Jacob very extensively. We went on an hour long run, and I was asking him, "What is your what is your race like? Walk me through your mental race." And uh-huh. uh, those that are listening, what, walk yourself through. Or better yet, grab somebody, some coach, or you know somebody that you can bounce this off of, and walk through your mental day. Okay, your mental race, right? Mm-hmm. As Paul, as Paul, New Testament calls it, the, the race. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and what we came up with were three words that we kept coming back to. It was fear, it was doubt, and it was despair. And those ah. of you, those of you that have ever run a five k race. First of all, it's the fear, you know, am I going out too quickly? Am I, did I, should I have passed them? Should I have, maybe I went out too slow. Did I, so it's the continually uh, it's f- fearful. Questioning yourself. And questioning yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the doubts start flying in. You know, did I do it right? Can I do this? I'm too far from the finish line. It's only a mile into it and I'm already starting to hurt. And it, there's that doubt. And then there's twinges of despair. And I, Adam, I don't know if this is hitting any pay dirt here, buddy. He's but, nodding. But, but here we are uh, running our race and all of a sudden there's little twinges of despair about a mile and a half into this race and jacob's gonna you know meet me up for uh for empowering his his competition next year but all of a sudden there's a twinge of of despair that comes in i don't want to beat this too much but pretty soon they're living in despair right what we decided to do um instead of you know the last half mile is just despair and it is hurts running Mm -hmm. running in a race hurts and so what we decided to do instead of instead of not doing that because it's very difficult Dr. Yeah. Paul. Well, it's like me saying, hey, Brad, don't think about grapefruit. How you doing? Exactly. <laughs> and the one that I use with him is don't think of the, the elephant in the tree with this painted pink, right. pink toenails. Don't think about that. Exactly. And so let's, instead of uh, fear, doubt, and despair, let's replace those, those words with three more empowering words. And the words mm-hmm. that we came up with after some, some back and forth was faith, because you and I can faith and fear cannot cannot exist in the same mind. Well, they're the polar opposites. Exactly. We can jump back and forth rather quickly, mm-hmm. but we cannot uh, hold those two those two concepts in our mind. So here mm-hmm. here are the three words. Instead of fear, doubt, and despair, we came up with faith mm. and confidence mm-hmm. and fury. Oh yeah. Okay, the first one we we we're kind of playing with uh, with aggression because I think, and it's more than just confidence. It's more than just I can do this. I can do this. There's a little uh-huh. bit of an edge to it. It's more like a, I don't know, just a, you know, I can. I'm gonna I'm gonna tear them up. I'm gonna I'm gonna win this race. But it, but uh, aggression wasn't quite the right word. We mm-hmm. we, we came up with fury. And that works. It was an interesting thing. About a week later, maybe three days before the region meet. His teammate uh, on the on the girls' team 
came to me and says, Brad, I need, I need the talk you gave to Jacob. He's been talking about it. Mm. So we sat in my, uh, my office and, uh, and talked for about an hour. And we did, we did faith, confidence, and fury. Mm-hmm. And those two went out and won the region meet two days later. And both of them won the state championship oh. a week after that. And it's, so that's, it's, a, it's, it's replacement therapy, Doc. You know, I had, I had an ultra marathon runner on the show not too long ago, and he had just completed the Badwater Ultramarathon down in, mm. in Death Valley. This is like 135 miles down in the scorching sun, 125 degrees. And it's just insane, right? Incredible. 135. And he says it's not a physical feat. I mean, there's, there's obviously a physical component to this thing, but the mental game is where the races are won or lost. Right. It's the mental and the barriers that we set up in our own minds. So you wrote this book called Beyond Illusions. And I want to, we're going to come back and plug this right at the end of the show because I want everybody who's listening today go buy Brad's book. It, it is seriously going to create some value in your life if you do this. Here's, here's a magician who's writing a book about not being deceived. And as you're sharing this story about Jacob and his running, and Adam over here, who's, who's done the same thing. I mean, at the beginning of the season, Adam was so far behind the lead runner on his team, and everybody else was too, <laughs> that they just figured, oh gosh, you know, this guy is not catchable. He's not beatable. And then Adam started getting closer and closer to him. And at some point, Adam's belief changed in his mind. Hey, I can do this. This is not impossible. I love the book by uh, by Arp Erg. Mm. The impossible just takes a little longer. Right. Love that stuff. So so these mental barriers, and we deceive ourselves, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Can, can I give Adam an example? Go okay, for and, it. And what, while you're listening to this, all right, I'm, we're, we're talking track again, track cross country. But think about the belief that you have about you know your sales quota or, or the belief that you have about uh, about your ability to to accept a, a new position or whatever it is you you find yourself in, or your personal finance, exactly. or your marriage, whatever or your relationship with your kids. Yeah, okay. whatever it is, loving yourself, learning to love yourself. The, the, that fear, doubt, and despair is an illusion. And when I first told that to my son, he screwed his face up and he says, "What do you mean it's an illusion? It hurts, Dad." And I said, "I didn't say that the 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 pain was that an it illusion. didn't hurt, right? The fear, doubt, and despair was an illusion. And the same thing with Sarah Coll- Collister. When I told her that, she says, well, "What do you mean it's not an illusion?" And I said, "Okay, so here you are, a mile and a half into the race, and you come up over the the rise." Are we going to break a segment? <laughs> Can you tell? Yeah, we're, we're breaking up. This Hold is this thought, Brad, we're because gonna, we got to finish back. this story. Right after this break, stick with us. It will help you feel okay. And when you pray, pray for strength to help you carry on when the troubles come your way. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. MoreBetterBooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on MoreBetterBooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hit messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great, these titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose. Raising kids is one of the most challenging and rewarding experiences we can have in life. Your children didn't come with an owner's manual, so it's up to you to learn whatever will assist you in your role as a mom or a dad. Join me and my husband, Dr. Paul, for a free weekly discussion about all of the hot topics in parenting. Listen to what others are saying about these calls. By applying the things I've learned to the parental power calls, I'm finally becoming the mom I always thought I would be. I really like to use parental power as kind of like a reference book 
So as I have concerns with my parenting, I like to be able to look up on the blog and then listen to whatever podcast seems closely related. So I like the variety of, of topics, the variety of age groups that are addressed. I'm on the parental power calls as often as I possibly can because I know I'm going to come away with something I can apply to being a parent that very day. Let us join your parenting team through parental power. Just send an email to Dr. Paul at liveonpurposeradio.com to register for the live calls. Or just check us out first through the link at drpaul.org. All of the previous calls are posted on our blog site, where you can also add your own input. Let's team up to start parenting on purpose. So those of you who are more astute and more seasoned Live on Purpose Radio listeners, you maybe made a connection during that commercial break because we listened to Kirk Weasler, a good friend of yours and mine, Brad, who is uh, pitching morebetterbooks.com, and he mentioned a title, Beyond Illusions. And today we're talking with the author of that book, Mr. Brad Barton, and you got cut off by the bumper music because you were just taking us up a hill. I can take a hint. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you going with that, Brad? Well, let me tell you, when, my, when I introduced these two fine athletes, they, they couldn't believe that, that I was saying that fear, doubt, and despair was an illusion. Mm-hmm. And, and I gave the example. Now, once again, I'm talking track, but think about how this applies to your own personal life. Mm-hmm. You come up over the hill, and you're just right in the middle of the, that, that fear, doubt, and despair. And all of a sudden, the way is lined with people. And you got people on either side of it, and they're cheering your name, they're chanting your name, and they're excited, and they're looking at you, and they're smiling. You can do it. You can do it. And how does it feel, Adam, for that for that thirty or forty seconds as you're running through that that throng of people? Do you feel Do you feel the fear? Do you feel mm. the doubt? Do you feel that despair? Okay, Adam's giving me a big no. You don't he's, feel it. He's getting whipped up into a frenzy yeah, too. How does it feel? It feels <laughs> great. You feel empowered. You're feeling light on your feet. You got a little bit more back kick, and it just feels great. And then you turn the corner, you go down the hill, and nobody's there anymore. You're going around the lake now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and now, and now there's nobody there, and all of a sudden, those that fear, doubt, despair comes in. That is how you know it's an illusion. Which was which That's one a, was wh- the reality? What's real? Yeah. What is real? That's what Beyond mm. Illusions is one of the essence of what Beyond Illusions is about. However we perceive our world becomes our reality. And, and I'm saying that because, okay, like you're saying with the fear, doubt, and despair, is that real to the people who are experiencing it? Well, yeah. In fact, it just traps them in captivity. But when I say, is it real? It's created by them. So if they're the creator of it, couldn't they create something different? You know, it's a, this is a fascinating concept to me, Brad, because as I was reading your book, I was thinking, this isn't about magic, you know, and you use magic as a tool to teach people principles. Yes. Isn't that true? Yes. And you can create for them an illusion, which becomes a reality to them, and it baffles them, and it looks like magic because this is something they didn't think would be possible normally. And you show them a way that it might be possible, at least in their perception. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure exactly where I'm going with that other than to acknowledge that we create these illusions all the time. Maybe maybe I can just let, them, let your folks know. To, there's there's th- really three techniques that magicians use to fool their audience. And all the hundreds and maybe thousands of secrets that magicians are continually coming up with, mm-hmm. they, they all really fit fairly neatly into three different techniques. One of them is sleight of hand, mm-hmm. then there's, there's misdirection, and then there's mental conditioning. Now, mm. th- this is a pretty rich metaphor now. We've, we're t- I mean, I, yesterday, one of the coolest things I've ever done, I spoke to a group um, of rocket scientists from all over the United States. It was a company called ATK Launch Systems, wow. which uh, has its, you know, it's all over the nation, but there's mm-hmm. a big, they make shuttle, the main rocket shuttle bo- uh, motors up here in Promontory, Utah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had their suppliers, a suppliers symposium. They had a lot of NASA folks there and so forth. So what I'm ta- whether I'm talking to rocket scientists or diaper manufacturers or, or junior high school kids mm-hmm. like I was today, 
um, it, it, this, I can use this metaphor because really we're talking about three different things. There's uh, the same techni- techniques that magicians use to fool their audiences for fun mm-hmm. are the same techniques that life uses to steal away from us success and, and effectiveness and happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. So, so think about these three, if I may just uh, yeah. treat these. Um, sleight of hand. Sleight of hand is uh, is it's kind of hard to d- to describe. It's more much more easily seen. But I'm basically going to make some some secret move, and then I'm going to drop something. I'm going to let go of something, right? In, mm-hmm. in some certain time. If I don't let go of that, now most of the heavy lifting is done with my other hand. But mm-hmm. if I don't let go of my load, as magicians call it, at the proper time, I can never create the magic, right? Mm-hmm. So my my question to my audience with a sleight of hand bit is what do you have to let go of? You know, you make a to-do mm. list. What about a to-stop-doing list? Yeah. Right? And then, and then let's take it even a step further. We have a to-do list, and we, a lot of us make those. It's a great tool for increasing our human effectiveness. But then the to-stop-doing list is a list of anchors that we're dragging along with us, some beliefs, uh, some, some ha- negative habits that we're dragging along with us that are holding us back. But then mm-hmm. Nito Quabain has a, 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 as good or maybe even a better idea. What about we do those two lists, the to-do list, the to-stop-doing list, and he makes himself a third list. It is I will become or I am becoming list or a becoming list, mm-hmm. a list of things that I want to become. And that fits really right. be- nicely into that replacement therapy, not just stop doing, but I'm going to become, I'm a, I, mm-hmm. to become list. So, mm-hmm. um, so that sleight of hand bit um, – that, that's one thing that magicians use. Now, another that's technique right. that magicians use is a, is a technique called misdirection, which okay. is, is defined as getting my audience's eyes off. You look over here while I do something over here. Exactly. That you're not going to notice because you're busy looking at that. That's right. And I, there's some things mm-hmm. that I can do with my, with my eyes particularly, but with my body motions, and I'm going to, instead of just turning, I just set my foot differently and then just shift my weight, and I've already turned. It's just some subtle things I can do to get mm-hmm. my audience's eyes, eyes looking away from the most important part of the trick. See, if mm-hmm. I can get them looking away from that, impor- that uh, important part, and I can get them looking at something else, then I can literally trick them into to believing mm. my lie. And that's what magicians do. There's psychologically, this is fascinating to me too. So we're we're coming at it from these two different directions, and it's just fascinating to see how attention can make such a big difference to people. And so there's a, there's a seminar that I uh, that I teach where I show them a little video clip, and in this video clip, they're supposed to to count the number of passes that are made. With, have you seen this? I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with this, Brad. Yes, but there's, I have. there's this uh, a group of people, and they're passing basketballs, and there's people in white shirts and people in black shirts, you know. And you get them to count the passes that are made by only one team or the other, and it's hard because there's so much going on, and they have to focus and just pay really close attention to that. And and then you ask them a question about something that they weren't paying attention. No, like, I don't want to like, give it away like, because there's a Yeah, like a like a uh, something that you would definitely notice if you were if you were just open to Absolutely. noticing it. And then they'll should they'll replay the tape and they'll say now do you see it and they'll look and just that wasn't there before. And they're sure that it wasn't there before, <laughs> you know? But it's just because they weren't paying attention to that. So psychologically, I'm just saying, yeah, you can be distracted from the key elements of something without even realizing that you are just because you're paying such close attention to something. So that's this idea of misdirection, right? Right. And sometimes misdirection isn't as black and white as paying attention to one thing, um, to, the, to the wrong thing, mm-hmm. at the expense of the right thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's, it's more subtle. Sometimes mm-hmm. it, it's just an out-of-balance situation. Sometimes there's two good things, and it's just mm-hmm. paying too much attention to one good thing at the expense of another. Now, husbands, mm. uh, does this ever happen to you <laughs> in your in your uh, life when you're so busy, you know, supporting your your family? And and wives, does it ever happen to you when you're so busy supporting your family? Does it ever mm-hmm. happen to you, husband, when the wife doesn't get as much attention as, as she deserves, or or vice versa, folks? Um, this this meant this uh, misdirection thing is is uh, the same techniques. Let me say this again: that magicians use to fool their audiences. 
so that everybody can have fun. These are the same techniques that life uses to steal away from us success and, and, uh, and effectiveness and, and happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. Stephen Covey says it this way. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> and common sense Wait is not that common. That's three main things. <laughs> the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Love it. So let's, yeah. that's, that's the misdirection uh, uh, bit. Um, all of us have some relationship with teenagers. And, mm-hmm. uh, and most of us mm-hmm. have a, a little bag of wisdom that we, when we're dispensing. And, and one that I think we ought to be in every, every adult's uh, bag of wisdom is this. Never give up what you want the very most for what you want right now. Because that, mm. that is classic misdirection, folks. That's right. That's allowing yourself to be deceived that this thing, whatever it is, is more important than what I really want. Yeah. Ah. Okay. The Good thir- stuff, the Brad. Thir- the okay. third technique. Are we, can we do that one real quick? We sure can. Okay. The third technique is... Unless men- you hear that bumper music. Okay. Start, <laughs> remember I'll, that. I'll be careful. Okay. Go ahead. Mental conditioning is what I say and what I do and, and uh, the people that I they hang around with. It's the books that I read. Um, mental conditioning is all the way that my, my brain is programmed. Bob Mowad, the late great, I love this man, says that the human brain is the fastest working, coolest running, most compact and efficient computer mechanism ever produced in large quantities by unskilled labor. <laughs> right? And so we've got this marvelous uh, uh, hardware. How are we programming it? What are we, what are we putting, putting into it? And that mm-hmm. mental conditioning is just very po- powerful. It's the most powerful technique in magic. This is the, 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 the technique that David Copperfield used to, to vanish the 747 jumbo jet right off the tarmac, right in front of mm. everybody. It's the most powerful technique in magic, and it is very powerful in, um, in, in life as well. Can you think of an example? Let's do an example. Stuff on the top of your head. Let's do an example, okay? Now, this is going to take a little choreograph. I've never tried this over the air before. Oh, okay. okay, so here's what we're going to have you do. Now, I would, I would uh, invite you... Uh, Dr. Paul, to, uh-huh. to, to engage with me. It might be a little bit distracting, but it actually might be helpful as well. Read, okay. Readers, you're, you're driving down the road right now. You are, um, you are um, uh, you know, in your office right now. Maybe you're doing dishes and just listen to this on your, your iPod. Mm-hmm. But, but f- f- just for a moment, would you please, out loud, say the word white. White. Okay, say it again. White. 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 Now I'm going to have you said about ten or twelve more times in a row. Let's get louder and faster yeah, white, as we go. White, hold white. on, hold on, hold on. Oh. And then yeah, when I'm done, okay. And, I'm, and listeners, please do this out loud. This works. And when I'm done, I will wait for just the briefest moment till everyone has, has stopped saying that. I will ask you a very simple question, and I invite you to fire off the answer as fast as you can. Got it. You ready? You bet. Here we go, everybody. Okay. White. 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 What do cows drink? Milk. Oh, Brad, you got me. <laughs> cows don't drink milk. Cows do not drink milk. <laughs> they drink water. Exactly. Oh, man. Okay, so we just used a little trick to prove a very important point. Mental conditioning is powerful. If it can work in a little simple trick like that, and you guys aren't even here in our office. Right. It works in your life every time. Oh, boy. We'll be right back. This is too much fun. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. Have you ever tried talking on your cell phone at a shopping mall, a construction site, or an amusement park? Odds are that it was too noisy, which makes for difficult conversation. Most people talk through their mouths, but one Japanese electronics company believes that people should be talking through their ears, literally. NS Alexco, a developer in Japan, has developed a new approach to talking on your cell phone while in noisy places. 
Their invention allows you to place an earbud in your ear, which reduces sound around you by up to 10 times. But here is the interesting part. They also placed the microphone in the earbud. As you talk, the microphone inside your ear clearly picks up your voice through bone vibrations. Not only does it allow you to listen to your call through your ear, but it picks up your voice through your ear as well. One earbud serves as a speaker, a microphone, and an effective noise reductor. This allows someone to walk through one of the noisiest places on earth and still have a clear conversation over their phone. Well done, NS Alexco, on an idea worth talking about. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea. Wouldn't you like to know? You probably can't bear it, so I guess I'll have to share it. I thought of it a moment. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. Some of you have been asking how you can get more involved with the show. And I also appreciate those of you who have offered to support the show. Now you can do both easily by purchasing a Top Spots listing. For a very small donation to the show, your link will be posted at liveonpurposeradio.com. Just go to the website and look for the Top Spots widget on the right side panel. Click at the bottom and follow the simple instructions. You will then be at the top of the list. Thanks for your support. Okay, so these three things are sleight of hand, misdirection, and mental conditioning. And this is how a magician works. This is how how you can lead people to form perceptions that they don't even intend to form. Doc, I can convince people to see stuff that just ain't so. And it's and once again, Isn't it's, that it's, fun? it's for fun, and it's just a blast to do. Sure. And that's when you, you go to see a magic show, and that's what magicians are doing. I let people know. I, I rip a newspaper into little bitty shreds and then put it back together right in front of their eyes, and it's just flabbergasting. I mean, it's just amazing. <laughs> but in the end, I say, it didn't happen because it didn't. And I, I let people know yeah. I'm the disillusionist today. I want you to know that what I just did and what you just experienced is something completely different. What you different. think you saw didn't ever happen. Exactly. So once again, a great metaphor uh, for life. You know, of the three, I'm really kind of attached to this mental conditioning thing just because of, of what I know as a psychologist. When you train your mind to think certain things, and it's like you build this template Okay, if you can imagine your belief system as being a template and it's operating in the background, it's in the dark back there somewhere. It's the operating system. You're not even aware that it's running. Mm -hmm. And yet you're interpreting your whole world through this lens or through through this template that constitutes your core beliefs. And you condition that template so you can train yourself to think a certain way. Mm. In fact, you you told a story that I just loved. In the book. I want to do that story. Would you do this, this fits Heidi, in, was it? This fits in beautifully. Now, Tell that. Her, her, this true story. Her name is Heidi. Ah. Um, she was 19 years old at the time. So mm-hmm. uh, picture a 19-year-old. Uh, try and be a 19-year-old for a minute and imagine what, what this is like. I'm not that far away from it. <laughs> of course, Adam's closer. But. That's right. <laughs> she was in a department store, and she was buying some pants for a new uniform. They were knit pants. She said the women in the room would understand what knit p- pants would mm. do to a woman's figure, right, when it's I'm telling just, the story. Yeah. And she's, uh, she's standing in front of that three-piece mirror, and all at once, to her horror, she realized these pants made her look fat. So oh. she, she raced to the, the dressing room and considered quitting the job. She realized she's got she's to purchase these things. She's got to wear these hideous pants. Right. It was during the Christmas rush. She was in line for almost 20 minutes for her chance to get to the front of the counter to purchase the pants. And you talked about filters and about mm-hmm. templates and about uh, beliefs and so forth. She spent 20 That's minutes right. kind of bemoaning that, that three-piece mirror vision. 
and she was rewinding it and replaying oh, it. Oh, you and can imagine all the stuff replaying. that's going on in her mind. And self talk. Don't we all do this? You know, we, we absolutely uh, we just kind of uh, work work negative thoughts through our mind. By the time mm-hmm. she finally reached the counter, she was playing the I'm fat tape. You know, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. To make it worse, there's a very young, attractive male sales clerk behind the counter. Oh yeah. And as he turns to face my friend Heidi, he got a pitiful look on his face, and he said, and this is a quote: "Oh, ma'am, I am so sorry about your weight." Oh. And ima- Can imagine, you believe that? Imagine she was too stunned to be angry. All she could do is throw the pants at the man, <laughs> burst into tears, and run from the store. It was halfway home through the tears when she finally realized what he meant. Because uh. this was the general manager of the store. There's three empty registers sitting next to him. A 20 minute wait in line, and it's his fault he didn't hire enough Christmas help. He really did feel bad when he looked at my friend about and says, her weight. Ma'am, I'm so sorry about your weight. Ah. Right. <laughs> ah, so the mental conditioning is gonna is going to cause your interpretation of the world. Absolutely. So, uh, true application. Then, have you ever done a similar thing? Have you ever mm-hmm. taken some some comment that was made uh, at the office or or with your family or at the congregation, and you you blew it up in the you know to a in office Hiroshima you know kaboom mm-hmm. and then you found mm-hmm. out later they didn't mean it that way and you feel a little cheesy mm-hmm. or worse what if you'd never do find out that that was mm-hmm. not intended in a negative way mm-hmm. and so the incident just kind of fades into the background noise of why I never liked that person in the first place or why mm-hmm. I never liked that company in the first place or whatever folks this is mental conditioning mm-hmm. and it's also additional evidence that I was right about myself, you know, when I was playing the fat tape. Yeah. See? Yeah. I mean, there's more evidence. Everybody sees it. It's obvious. And then and you keep playing these tapes and conditioning yourself. Conditioning is powerful. You know what? There, I, I've mentioned this on the show before, I think, but there was, a, there was a guy who did an experiment clear back in the 1800s, 1896, I think. And uh, his name's George Stratton. He developed a pair of spectacles that turned everything upside down. And you can imagine putting those things on and how difficult it would be to negotiate your environment. and that You'd be bumping into things and everything. Well, he put these on to see what would happen. Eventually, he kind of got used to wearing them. And after about eight days, it no longer appeared to be upside down to him. It, his mind corrected and it looked perfectly normal to him. It, it, just a side comment on that. When when the in, when the the light enters our retina, it actually flips that over. Mm-hmm. So when he wrote, when he wore those glasses, it wasn't uh, and and they flipped uh, flipped mm-hmm. correct uh, the other way. Eight days later, mm-hmm. it was actually just flipping it right. See, our brain yeah. all our lives has has flipped it right, and now it was just flipping it the other way. So right, because the image on the back of the lens of our eye or on the retina is actually inverted from what we actually see in the world. So, so our, mind just our brains, for the, you. yeah, the first few ye- couple years of our life, our brains figured out how to flip that around. So here's the mental conditioning part. His mind got used to that, and everything looked perfectly normal to him. Well, what happens when you put on a pair of sunglasses? Exactly the same thing. At first, everything looks all dark, right? But then you get used to it because you're conditioning. You're, you're doing mental conditioning with your mind, to get used to the darkness that you see through your sunglasses. And then what, what happens, Brad, if you've worn them for three, four, five hours? Hmm. What does it look like now? It just looks normal, doesn't it? Perfectly normal. It doesn't mean that the world is dark. Okay, so Doc, that person that, that, that sells the most real estate in the office, and, and she always sells the most real estate. Okay. Once in a while, you, you you can touch her, but for the most part, she's the best of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. You get that uh, person that always is uh, um, that the, that always wins in whatever pursuit. What is it? Because they're just that much better than you and I? Are they mm-hmm. really eighty percent better than you and I? Mm-hmm. Or do they have a do they have their own uh, set of sunglasses on? They put mm-hmm. their sunglasses on that says, "I'm a winner. I'm an achiever." I can sell these houses like nobody's business. 
and mm-hmm. and I can s- close this uh, you know this deal like nobody's business. I can win court cases. I can uh, I can uh, be happy with my in my marriage or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I can do it, and so those people consistently do because they're wearing those the, those uh, those optimistic positive uh, glasses. Well, and it's if not this, then what? If not this, then what? And if you can create a clear image of what that is, okay? I'm, so I'm at the bottom of the sales team. Well, if not this, then what? Well, how about I am on fire. I can do this like it's nobody's business, hmm. you know, and create that mental image. Well, you can build that. You know, it's amazing what people can accomplish. I was, I, I'm blending thoughts now here, Brad, as we're talking. It's just kind of a fusion of psychology going on in my head. We're talking about running. We're talking about achieving and creating and not being deceived. You know, there was a time you said that you were a miler. Yes. So you know the name Roger Bannister. Very well, yes. What did he do? He did something that um, was impossible, physically impossible. Did you realize there were actually medical opinions that were... That were given at yes. his time. This was back in the 1950s. You can't, it cannot be done. You cannot run a four, break a four-minute mile. And that's, what, and that's what Roger Bannister did. He was the first one in recorded history to run a mile in less than four minutes. So I was teaching a seminar last week, Brad, called Facing Your Giants. And in this seminar, I showed a little video clip of a guy named Hickam El Garouge. Do you know that name? I don't know that name. Well, Hickam El Garouge is the current world record holder for the mile. I should know. And his, Hickam El Garouge. And this was in 1990, I think. I showed it to Adam. Shame. He knows what this is. And he ran the mile in three minutes, 43 seconds, point one three or something like that. So I was just imagining this the other unholy. When when I watched him finish <laughs> that race, and it's on YouTube. You guys can go if you can wow. spell Hickamel Garouge. I'll put a link on the site or something. Some Moroccan probably. Yeah, he's from Morocco. Okay, yeah. And he ran this thing. I just mentally did an experiment after he crossed the finish line at three forty three, one thousand one, one thousand two, one thousand three, one thousand four. I had to get clear to seventeen before Roger Bannister finished. Incredible. And Roger did something that was impossible for. So where is the deception? What is the illusion? You know, is there a real barrier out there? Um, some people would take issue. I was down. Um, I was down in Huntsville, Alabama, last month, and I was speaking to a different group of uh, rocket scientists mm-hmm. down there. A company called United Space Alliance USA, mm-hmm. and um, and we talked about this very thing. And here's a scientist that says, "Well, there's." You know there is some uh, some limits to to what is possible, and I conceded the point. Maybe there is some limit to to what we are humanly possible to, to be able to do. That, you know whatever endeavor we're in, mm-hmm. but that limit, Doc, is so far uh, advanced from where we're our current uh, state of of uh, of uh, production, mm-hmm. our, our current state of effectiveness. That for all practical purposes, there is no limit. For, for all practical purposes, I would agree. And our current understanding of ourselves and of our world is inadequate. Okay? And when I say inadequate, I mean it's just not complete. We only know so much. And we're learning and gaining all the time. We've got, we've got stuff in our world. I mean, you look at your cell phone. You look at these microphones, this computer equipment. All this was impossible before, too. Right. And there we are. So is there a limit? Well, yeah, reason would say that there is. But if you if you definitively define that limit, somebody's going to break it. Somebody's going to come out of the blue like Roger Bannister and blow it away. And then what? Hmm. And then Hickam El Garouge, you know, is four minutes a tough mark for him to make? Uh, not if he's running it in 343. He'd, he'd have to warm up. Yeah, you probably have to warm up. Huh? It's still a good run. <laughs> so, wow, I've I've run I've actually my PR and this is kind of sad commentary. I never yeah. I never got a chance to run at sea level because mm-hmm. um, I was always, I was a steeplechaser. I was a much better steeplechaser. But I mm-hmm. ran my PR in the mile is four. This isn't sixteen hundred. It's four, four a mile uh-huh. four uh, zero zero point forty three. 
Is that right? So less than a half a second. <laughs> so Roger beat you, did he? Roger beat me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still young, Brad. <laughs> we'll be right If the pile of books you want to read is growing faster than the pile you have read, then Abundant Reading Systems can help you. After taking Abundant Reading Systems course, I dramatically increased my ability to expand my knowledge in a much more efficient way. My fastest test today was in 7,000 words per minute. I highly recommend this program from what I've seen it do for other people who've been through the entire program and from what I've seen in myself today. I've teamed up with Abundant Reading Systems to offer a single-day intensive speed reading workshop that will at least double your reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, oh, I can really do this. I can read you know, as fast as I let myself read and uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. This is David Hinton, founder of Abundant Reading Systems. I want to personally invite you to join us for our next event. Visit AbundantReadingSystems.com now. Abundant Reading Systems, reading at the speed of imagination. Thank you for joining me for the Live on Purpose radio podcast. It is truly an honor to be a part of your prosperity team. Please visit my website, drpaul.org, to get connected with other tools for you and your family. There you will find links to my weekly e-zine, Empower, Harnessing the Power of the Mind, and to the free Parental Power teleconference that I host every week with my wife, Vicki. You can also check out upcoming events or pick up powerful information products. Feel free to contact me directly with questions, comments, or to book me for your company or private event. Email me through drpaul at liveonpurposeradio.com. I need to pray if you want to change the path you're on. Then say, I need to wake up. I forgot what's important now. Wake up. Cause money ain't everything. Wake up. All I do is drink all day now. Wake up. Okay, we're up on our last segment, Brad. We don't have nearly enough time to talk about everything that we could talk about if we wanted to talk about everything that we want to talk about. You hear me? Gotcha. (laughs) But there's an important thing that I want to get to, and this was probably the main message that I got out of your book. Maybe that's because I was reading it with that intention. But I think it might have been your intention, too, to, to illuminate to people, to pull back the curtain, so to speak, and show what the grand illusion is. And uh, maybe I can just set it up here. Um, one of the parts in your book, and as I went through uh, Beyond Illusions, Brad, I, I made a bunch of notes because I like to collect thoughts for my, for my subscribers and my listeners. I put this out on, a, on an Empower message recently or something like this. But uh, I'm on page 45 and I'm reading... Our intention creates our reality. This is a quote from Wayne Dyer. And then uh, you go on to explain, we can orchestrate good results directly from difficult, even painful circumstances. When we recognize that bad situations don't provide opportunities, bad situations are opportunities. Okay. I bet that everyone listening today has some sense of what's going on in their life that's bad. Mm. Okay? And it's really it's really easy to place that label on stuff that's happening. Talk about that. Respond to that. When, I, when I'm speaking to a, a, an audience, um, one of the things I love to talk about is this grand illusion idea. And, and I, I introduce it by saying, could it be? And I'm asking you to just consider the thought. Because this is tough doctrine, folks. Mm-hmm. Could it be that one of life's grand illusions is that things that appear to be a bad deal are a bad deal? Mm. Now, I don't know if you're chuckling right now, mm. uh, wherever you're listening to this, but I get a good rousing chuckle from my audience every time I say that because it's even laughable. So say it again. 
Could it be that one of life's grand illusions is that things that appear to be a bad deal mm-hmm. are a bad deal? I mean, it sure looks bad, right? It looks bad, smells it, bad. It sounds bad. It, sounds it sure bad. feels bad. Yeah. But it. But is it bad? Okay. Um, per, perhaps. What, what if we did like M. Scott Peck suggested and develop mm-hmm. a learned capacity to look beyond the uh, the the um, um, the mere obvious, right? See, most of us are so tuned in to the obvious facts in our immediate vicinity, especially in a painful situation. We don't mm-hmm. take the time to just step back and look at things from a broader, um, wider, um, more practical perspective. So that's the misdirection you're talking about. Exactly. If we did that, we might find that there is value hidden within every difficulty. Now, whether, whether I, what I said that maybe there is no bad deals at all, whether that's true or not is irrelevant. It really is. Because what if something is, you know, uh, 10 units of, of bad and only five units of good? If we're, mm. if we're stuck in the 10 units of bad, we're never going to see the five units of good, mm-hmm. right? My, my uh, 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 supposition in the book is that they're in the end of the game, and you know, maybe even eternally. If you, if you, mm-hmm. those of you that have that belief system, whatever perspective, yeah. Maybe there is, maybe, maybe there's always going to be uh, more good than bad in every difficult situation. But once again, even if there is more bad than good, if we're not open to the good, we're never going to see that that good thing. How can you even have enough information to measure it? Exactly. In fact, one of the pieces that I put in my book. Um, uh, one of my friends, his name is Vance Anderson. This is a really neat man. He's, uh, mm. he's been fourth in, uh, third in the Boston Marathon, been ranked fourth in U.S. archery competition. He's an mm. accomplished mu- musician, mm-hmm. an amateur, amateur magician. That's one of the ways that I know Vance. He's been married for 31 happy years, raised two daughters. He's got a, a, a counseling practice that he's built. He's just a, a really just an amazing man, and he's mm-hmm. done it all from a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. We were having dinner one time, not long, not that many, that long ago, and uh, he was telling me his life story, and uh, and I just says, "Man, that's uh, that's pretty tough, Vance. That's pretty tough mm-hmm. being in that wheelchair." And sitting there in his wheelchair, my friend Vance set me straight. He said, "Brad, I shudder to think." Now this blow, this blew me away. He said, "I shudder to think what my life would be like." if I had not broken my back in that weight room when I was 15 years old. Mm. Okay, the day that he, that he fell and he hurt himself and those weights dropped on him and broke that man's back and, and severed his spinal cord, did Vance think that was a bad deal? Oh. Absolutely. Now, it's I obvious, have to know right? my, my brother is a quadriplegic, and I know what his family was going through, and that sure looked like a bad deal that day. But mm-hmm. see, Vance had not lived long enough yet to know the final outcome. That's right. But now he has. And he can look back at the length of his life and all the thin threads that brought him to who he was that day, and he says, I shudder to think what my life would be, mm-hmm. be like if I hadn't had this really, really bad thing. Let's do a, that's pretty mm-hmm. heavy. Can we do a less uh, heavy example? <laughs> Go for it. Okay, think about this, uh, listener. Have you ever lost a job and you were, just, mm-hmm. it, you were just devastated. Oh, this is bad. Right? It's bad. It's a really bad deal. And so um, you start looking around and you begin a career that's much more rewarding. A, a job, that uh, maybe a position, maybe you start a business, something that's and, – and years later, you're just so glad because you maybe n- never would have had the guts to quit that job because it was a pretty good job. And now you're, mm-hmm. you're in a much better situation. Have, mm-hmm. you, have you ever had your heart broken? <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> so completely devastated. You wondered if you could even breathe, go on another yeah. day. And then you you look back years later and you think, whew, good thing I got rid of her. Glad that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, Garth Brooks has a song about that. It's called Unanswered Prayers. Oh, you heard that one? Yeah. It says, sometimes I thank God for wow. unanswered prayers. Because you're praying for this and you know this is the best thing and this is the number one thing that you want in your life. And he gives that very example in the song where there's this gal back in high school and, oh, she is just the cat's meow, you know, and that's exactly what I want. And praying, you know, if God would just let me have her, I'd just be happy. And then later in the song, as he he realizes the richness in his in his life because he married this other gal, he says, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Wow, that's neat. 
And it's that same concept as we look at our life, you know. It is what it is. It is what it is, folks. And what are you going to do with that now? And uh, if your friend or your brother or some of the other associates that we have, you know, have you noticed, Brad, that there's a, there's a fair number of inspirational speakers out there who are in wheelchairs? Yeah. And why? Because that story is so compelling. It gives them the power to inspire others. Okay, so this morning I'm driving down uh, from the Little America Hotel in downtown Salt Lake City down to Nephi to, to, to work at a, an elementary school is where I started this morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening about the, the, uh, the, um, the Phillies uh, winning the World Series last night. Oh, I yeah. Was, I, was at a, I was listening to uh, Doc Horowitz, an astronaut, speak last night. So I, was, uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't see the game. Um, and so they're interviewing this, pic- this picture, the, the relief picture that, picture that came in. And this is the guy that three years ago in a very tight situation threw, a, threw the pitch that he hit it out of the park and, and, and lost the game. And I don't remember all the details. I'm not a terrible uh, really up yeah, on baseball. You're more into running. Right, exactly. Yeah, okay. but, um, but he's put in last night as a relief pitcher, and they're up, they're up three to four. And uh-huh. you know he's got he's got to hang on he's got to strike this last guy out right. and this is where he blew it three years earlier, and this man struck him out and they win the World Series and after the game uh, they interviewed him and, and I hope I get this right he says something to the effect he said um, he says I'm I'm so glad that we've had these last three years of just turmoil I'm so mm-hmm. glad we had so much down because that made our team tough. That made us strong, and that helped us to go to a place mentally that we needed to be to win this thing tonight. And tonight, because of that tough time, we are world champions. The crowd goes wild. Powerful. I just told you a story earlier about Hickam El Garouge, who is the current world record holder. And if you go watch this video on YouTube where he won that world record, or where he set that world record, there was a guy from Jamaica who would not let him go. I mean, he left the whole field behind him. This is an elite field of runners. And he just ditches them all, except for his pace setters, who dropped out after the first three laps. And then he's running the last lap. But this guy named Noah Nyan is chasing him. He's on his tail. And he's pushing him down the home stretch. And I'm sure Hickam's thinking, who is this guy? Man, I can't get him off of me. I can't shake this guy. But you know what? If he hadn't been chasing him, I don't think he would have broken the world record mark. Mm. I just don't think he would have done it. So who's chasing me right now that's helping me to be a better yeah. a, a better speaker? Who is it that looks like your competition, that, that looks like your enemy, but is really pushing you to a higher level of performance and to a higher level of joy and satisfaction in life because you can achieve anything you set your mind to? Mm. It's amazing stuff. So what if we developed, as M. Scott Peck has suggested, what if we develop a learned capacity to look beyond the the um, the obvious, mm-hmm. right? M. Scott Peck says, um, "Let us redefine serendipity." We just talked about uh, serendipity. You know, you mm-hmm. lose a job, you get a better one. You lose a, a relationship, you get a better one, right? Mm-hmm. Let us redefine serendipity not as a gift itself, but as a learned capacity to recognize and utilize the gifts of grace. That's what he calls it, the gift of, mm. gifts of grace, which are given to us from beyond the, the realm of conscious uh, will. Um, mm-hmm. Now, uh, he's, he's kind of bringing some, some spiritualness mm-hmm. to, to this. But, but folks, let me, let me say it a different way. What if we developed a, a learned capacity to, to look beyond the, 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 um, the mere obvious facts in our immediate vicinity and, and, get, uh, and get on and, and see the... Like uh, Earl Nightingale suggested, when mm-hmm. something bad happens, we say, that's good. And then <sighs> we get to work and figure out what's so stinking good about it. Figure it out. It's there. Notice it. Open your eyes. Wow. Powerful stuff, Brad. Thank you for sharing some of those thoughts. Before we close, and we just got a few seconds left, I want to make sure that people get directed to your book. And what I'm going to do is put up a link right at Live On Purpose Radio where they can click through and just purchase this book because I want all of you guys to pick this up. It's a quick read. It's got powerful principles and just some fun stories too. You're, you've done a nice job with this book, Brad. It's called Beyond Illusions, The Magic of Positive Perception by Brad Barton. And Brad, you've got a website too. I do. It's Brad 
bartonspeaks.com. Okay, that's and, pretty easy. Bradbartonspeaks.com. And may I, may I invite your listeners, um, again, if you'll put up uh, the link to my blog. I'd be happy to. I would love to have you jump on. I give a magical message every week. Oh, love I'll, even, it. I'll even read it to you. And people can subscribe to that through an RSS feed or whatever. Sure. And, yeah. Okay, great. We will put that link right at liveonpurposeradio.com so that all of you can go out there and get connected with Brad Barton, the magician who helps you to live on purpose. Go out there and do it, everybody. It's great to be here. Thank you so much, Brad. We'll catch you all next time. <laughs>